And welcome to another episode of Red Thread Podcast. I'm your host, the Royal We, Randy. And in uh, part one of two of today's episodes, I break down the Tesla timeline. So I read through a very extensive timeline pertaining to the dates in Nikola Tesla's life uh, that we've been allowed to understand and to know about. So um, pretty, pretty good stuff, man. Um, I learned a lot. I'm sure that you will all learn a lot also. Um, it's good to have some insight on this gentleman as the next episode to come out will be uh, what may or may not be an interview by a quote unquote John Smith and uh, Nikola Tesla. John Smith being a journalist um, but as you'll find out in the timeline here, you find that he's friends with a journalist that's also named John. So that's very interesting. So even though certain things about the interview on the next episode of Red Thread Podcast are a little bit confusing and a little bit weird, um, just keep in mind that this may very well be very valid and very real information being presented in that so-called circa 1899 interview. Um, so yeah, here, here's the timeline of Tesla. It's tons of information packed in here. So, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, not a big video based person. I just don't have the equipment to do that just yet um, in any kind of timely fashion. So I appreciate your patience there and uh, enjoy the breakdown of the Tesla timeline. Thanks for listening. All right. Okay. So first and foremost in this episode, uh, before I get into the interview with Tesla that may or may not have happened. Okay. What's important is the content there. I just want to go over a, a little timeline about Tesla to kind of give people an idea or a little bit deeper of a perspective as to, uh, what timeline we were looking at when he was born, what events have happened in his life and so on and so forth. So I was able to acquire this information from teslauniverse.com. So I recommend go take a look over there. It's pretty user-friendly, okay? So uh, July 10th, 1856, Tesla was born at the stroke of midnight with lightning striking during a summer storm. He was born to a Serbian family in Smiljan near Gospic Lika, the military frontier of Austria-Hungary, now in Croatia. The midwife commented, he'll be a child of the storm. To which his mother replied, no, of light. Tesla was baptized in the old Slavonic church rite. His baptism certificate reports that he was born on June 28th of the Julian calendar, July 10th in the Gregorian calendar, and in 1856, and christened by the Serbian Orthodox priest Toma Oklopzilja. I think I said that right. I hope so. Anyway, so moving on. Uh, in 1862, the Tesla family moves to Gospic. Gospic, sorry. Tesla's father receives an appointment as a pastor to a church in Gospic, where the family moves and Tesla completes lower or primary school and then attends lower real gymnasium or normal school to be followed by the real gymnasium. So it's, it's interesting that in, in that time period, in that place in the world, uh, the school is referred to as gymnasium and, and now that's just a part of the school. So anyway, moving on. All right. So in 1863, Tesla's older brother dies. Uh, death of an older brother and only brother, Dane, at an age of 12 after falling from a horse. Some accounts indicate Tesla caused the accident by spooking the horse. Okay. 
What happened to my timeline? There we go. So that's just uh, so, some brief information on his uh, early childhood. What I found interesting there is that he supposedly is born during a lightning storm. And um, it just, it, it's, there's so much of that in so many different movies and things out there. Um, like the movie Powder, for example. And uh, you know how Tesla talks about, you know, being one with the light again after you pass on. So that's pretty crazy and interesting there. Um, see if there's anything in 1863 that happened here. Doesn't look like it. Now that's when his older brother dies. Okay. So 1870, Tesla moves to Karlovac. Tesla moves to Karlstadt, Croatia, and stays with his aunt and Colonel Old Warhorse Brankovic. He attends Higher Real Gymnasium, where teacher Martin Sekulic teaches him math and physics and has a decisive influence on him. Tesla graduates uh, Gymnasje Karlovac a year early, or uh, Higher Real Gymnasium. Very interesting, the wordplay that, that happens in the English language and how it's all twisted around, right? Okay, in 1873, Tesla contracts cholera. Tesla returns to Gospic in spite of his father's instructions otherwise. Shortly after arriving, he contracts cholera. He is bedridden for nine months and was near death many times. Tesla's father, in a moment of desperation, agreed to send him to an engineering school if he recovered from the illness. So that's interesting in itself, and that's included in the interview you'll find out a little bit later. Um, Okay, in 1874, Tesla eludes army service. Tesla went to Tomengaj near Grachak to recover from cholera and avoid the army, from which he was a fugitive. Due to required a compulsory three-year service, Tesla later stated, For most of this term, I roamed in the mountains, loaded with a hunter's outfit and a bundle of books. Then this contact with nature made me stronger in body as well as in mind. In 1875, Tesla attends college in Graz. Tesla enrolled at the Austrian Polytechnic School in Graz on a military border scholarship. In his first year, Tesla never missed a lecture, made the highest grades possible, and started a Serbian culture club. During his second year, Tesla came into conflict with Professor Polch over, uh, over the Gram Dynamo when he suggested that commutators weren't necessary. At the end of the second year, Tesla lost his scholarship and took up gambling. Near the end of the third year, Tesla stopped attending lectures and dropped out the following year. All right, in 1878, Tesla moves to Maribor. It is unclear why, but upon leaving Austria, Tesla chose Maribor, Slovenia, as his next stop. He took his first job as a draftsman for a local engineering firm. Tesla spent his spare time in a pub he called or a pub called Happy Peasant, where he played chess and cards. In March the following year, Tesla's father came to Maribor and pleaded with him to return home, but Tesla refused. Tesla was deported from Maribor in March 24, 1879. Tesla was reported to the Maribor police because he did not have a residence permit. Administrative proceedings were started immediately, and Tesla was returned to Gospic under police guard. In uh, April 1879, Tesla's father, Muliton Tesla, contracts an unspecified illness and dies at the age of 60. 
The following day, he was given a funeral liturgy fit for a saint, quote, end quote, and was buried in the Yasikovac summary in Devosolo. Uh, in 1879 also, Tesla teaches in Gospich. Tesla taught a large class of students in his old school, the real gymnasium in Gospich. His former fellow student, Mosie Medich, was also teaching there at a time. At the time, Tesla taught, but did not want to be his future. <laughs> in March 24th, 1879, um, now we already did that. Uh, he moved on from there. Anyway, so going back uh, over to 1880, um, Tesla arrives in Prague in January of 1880. Tesla's uncles, Pitar and Pavla, came to his rescue and put together enough money to help him escape from Gospic. Uh, remember where he was taken by the police, right? So that's interesting. Tesla traveled to Prague, but arrived too late to enroll in Carl Ferdinand University. Even if Tesla had arrived early enough, he would have been permitted to enroll. He would not have been permitted to enroll as he had never taken Greek and did not speak or write Czech. Tesla lived at 13 Smekach Street and spent most of his time at, at the Clementinum Library and Narodny Karavarna, the People's Cafe on Fadakova Street. Tesla did attend lectures at the university as an auditor, but did not receive marks for the courses. Okay, so that's in 1880. Moving on. Appreciate the patience, guys, as I get these dates all in here. In 1881, Tesla works in Budapest. Okay, January 1881, Tesla's uncle, Pavel, arranges for Tesla to work for Tivadar Puskas at the Budapest Telephone Exchange in Hungary, which was then under construction. When And th see, that's very interesting. This is 1881 when this telephone exchange uh, in Hungary was built. So uh, it's m very contrary to a lot of information that we have access to. So I think that's very interesting. Um, when Tesla arrived, he found that the new business was not anywhere near operational and instead worked as a draftsman in the central telegraph office. Within a few months, the Budapest telephone exchange became operational and Tesla was assigned the position of chief electrician. During his employment, Tesla made numerous improvements to the equipment and developed an amplifier device. Okay. Uh, Tesla works in Budapest in uh, January 1881. And, uh, yeah, so that's very interesting. Um, we see some contrary information out there when it comes to, you know, what the situation was with telegraphs. Um, there's even a thought out there that the transatlantic cable is a remnant of a previous time um you know I'm, I'm really hopeful and not so much doubtful anymore but hopeful that this information will start to come out uh, about what has really transpired in our past um i think once people get over the fear of their of their knowledge uh, of there being a catastrophe i think a lot of the forgotten kind of sense of things uh is is due to the traumatic impact of this event that happened, right? We see um, cave drawings, things like this, of what, what appears to be to most people, a man with a third leg and sometimes orbs under the arms. But if you know anything about a toroidal vortex, you will recognize this shape as, uh, as a magnetic field 
Okay, and there's a lot of pictographs, cave paintings, things showing the sun with streamers coming off of it and hitting the earth. And um, these are denoted by little fins at the end of the sun rays. Okay, so that's very interesting um, there. So something has happened. What we don't exactly have the information to, um, but carrying on. In 1882, Tesla has the AC epiphany. February 1882, Tesla, obsessed with solving the riddle of AC, suffers a mental breakdown and isn't expected to live. A short time later, ten Tesla begins to recover, and during a walk in the Verisligat Park of Budapest with friend Anthony Zagetti, the solution comes to Tesla in a vision. And his recollection of the events, Tesla states that he looked at the setting sun and began to recite a package from Goethe's Faust. Faust. <coughs> Excuse me. And at the very moment, he, the idea came to him in a flash, and he drew a diagram of the motor in the sand with a stick. In April 1882, Tesla takes a job in Paris. Tesla and his good friend Anthony Sighetti accepted positions with the Continental Edison Company, which had recently been started in Paris. Tesla worked for Charles Batchelor at the Ivy Circine Lamp Factory and installed lighting systems in the Paris Opera House and a theater in Bavaria. He submitted a plan for improving the Edison dynamos to Mr. Rao, an administrator for the company. The plan was approved, and soon Tesla's automatic regular was gratefully accepted. Tesla was likely expecting to be compensated for, but was dispatched to Strasbourg before payment was awarded. So, I mean, this guy has, has just been stomped all, all over by, by these, uh, these powerful elites, right? Okay, in February 1883, Tesla's Strasbourg assignment. Uh, on assignment by Continental Edison Company, Tesla was sent to Strasbourg, France, to repair a new DC lighting system installed at the German Railway Company, which was damaged on a trial run. The government approved the job after repairs, but Tesla never received compensation that he was promised for the work. So, um, on June 10th of 1883, Tesla demonstrates the AC motor. So, Tesla demonstrates the newly completed AC induction motor before Bazin, a former mayor of Strasbourg, and several potential investors. They watched the motor with interest, but it was apparent they did not understand the value of the, of, of the invention. Okay. So in 1884, Tesla arrives in New York. In the spring of June 6, 1884, Tesla, with funds provided by uncles Peter and Pajo, packed his gear and caught the next boat for America. His trip didn't start too smoothly because his ticket, money, and some of his luggage were stolen. To make matters worse, a mutiny broke out on the ship and Tesla was nearly thrown overboard. Through his strong resolve, Tesla was not deterred. He arrived in New York a few weeks later with four cents in his pocket, a few poems and remnants of his belongings. So June 7th of 1884, some accounts state that Tesla started the very day he arrived in New York. This is called Tesla meets Edison, by the way. Others put his start date on the following day. Regardless of the discrepancy, we know that Edison essentially hired Tesla on the spot, but he would hear nothing of his AC power system. Tesla was soon dispatched to Henry Willard's ocean liner, the Oregon, the first boat ever to have electric lighting. The set of dynamos that powered the ship were badly damaged, and Edison was amazed to learn that Tesla had repaired them. 
He was quoted as calling Tesla a damn good man. While Tesla worked for Edison, he also installed and repaired incandescent and arc lamps, reassembled DC generators, and designed 24 different types of machines that became standards replacing original Edison designs. So, you know, it's, it's very, very interesting just how vast the manipulation was with Tesla when it comes to Edison and these companies. Another interesting thing is why in, 1880, in 1885, 1884, is he repairing dynamos in a ship, right? Electricity was supposedly very new at this point. How would they have built these massive shipborne dynamos in these massive ships, very similar to what we now know as the uh, Titanic, right? Um, so it's it's a very valid thought to keep in in the front of your mind as uh, what exactly was going on here. We're seeing more and more that this technology seems to be uh, inherited. It is really like the only term for it, inherited. A lot of these things, right? Um, was it uh, inherited um, technology of these giants that were here prior to this last cataclysm? Personally, I think so. Um, we see a, a lot of pictures coming out now with giants in them. And the interesting thing about this is the giants more often than not have the hidden hand of the elite or of the uh, masons, right? So, and, and we see this throughout history. We see this with the Moors. We see them selling out their own people. We see this happening everywhere. And it all came, uh, you know, on the backs of banking and, and on the backs of this money-changing system that, frankly, this is, this is the system that Jesus was so upset about. Most likely the reason that he was killed was that overturning of the temple tables of money changers and things. So anyway, all, all of that aside, um, in March 1885, Tesla Electric Light Company uh, investors approached Tesla and asked him to develop an improved arc lighting system. Although this was not the opportunity he had hoped for, the group was willing to finance the Tesla Electric Light Company in Rahway, New Jersey. The proud new owner set to work and invented a unique arc lamp of beautiful design and efficiency. After completing the work, Tesla was forced out of the company and left with nothing but workless stock, workless, worthless stock certificates. Excuse me. Tesla later referred to this as the hardest blow he'd ever received. In 1885, Tesla quits Edison. At some point during Tesla's employment, the Edison promises to pay him $50,000 if he can improve the performance of Edison's DC Dynamo. Tesla succeeds beyond Edison's expectations, but he reneges on his promise to pay Tesla. Edison is quoted as saying to Tesla, you don't understand our American humor. Deeply hurt, Tesla resigns. Some accounts state that Edison offers Tesla a raise if he will reconsider, but Tesla declined. Okay, and um, so in 1886 came Tesla's winter of suffering. Betrayed by the men he trusted, Tesla considered the winter of 1886 and 1887 a time of terrible headaches and bitter tears. He was forced to work as a ditch digger for $2 a day and questioned the value of his education. In 1887, Tesla Electric Company, April 1887. Tesla was introduced to Alfred S. Brown, director of Western Union, and Charles F. Peck, a New York City attorney, 
who sold his alternating current system after he demonstrated his egg of Columbus. Tesla agreed to split his patents on a 50-50 basis in exchange for funding. Brown located the laboratory at 89 Liberty Street, and the company filed for its first patent by the end of the month. Zagetti comes to New York in May 10th of 1887. Tesla's oldest and best friend, Anthony Zagetti, landed in New York. By the end of the week, he was working as Tesla's assistant at the Liberty Street Lab. In 1888, Tesla makes a speech before AIE, uh, sorry, the American Institute of Electrical Engineers. Okay. A new system of alternate current motors and transformers paper was read before the American Institute of Electrical Engineers, now the IEEE, at Columbia University in New York. On July 7th of 1888, Tesla sells AC patents. Okay. Tesla, sells his pat on, uh, Tesla sells his patents for AC polyphase system to George Westinghouse for $25,000 in cash and $50,000 in notes and a royalty of two. 50 per horsepower for each motor. In 1888, uh, Tesla travels to Pittsburgh. Tesla travels to Westinghouse headquarters in Pittsburgh to finally finalize the contract for the AC polyphase system and help develop his motor. He stays there for around a year. Okay, in 1889, Tesla opens the Grand Street Lab. Upon returning to New York, Tesla located a new laboratory at 175 Grand Street. There's little information about this laboratory, but here Tesla would begin work with high-frequency apparatus, wireless transmission, and theories on the relationship between electromagnetic radiation and light. Also in 1889, Tesla moves to Astor House. Tesla toured several hotels after his return to New York and chose the Astor House for his new abode. It was a posh, five-story establishment situated by a trolley line in the heart of the city. Also in 1889, Tesla returned to Europe. Tesla visited Paris for the Universal Exposition and unveiling of the Eiffel Tower. While he was there, he met Professor Wilhelm Björknes, a Norwegian physicist from the University of Stockholm. Björknes had replicated the work of Heinrich Hertz and allowed Tesla to study his oscillator. Tesla also visited his homeland, including Smiljan Raduc, Tomengaj and Pletvich lakes before returning to New York. Tesla opens the Grand Street Lab in 1889. Okay, we already did that. Let's move to Astor House. So let's take a look at the following year. If I can get to it, appreciate your patience with me. Okay, in 1890, November of 1890, uh, discovers wireless power. With high frequencies, Tesla developed some of the first neon and fluorescent illumination. He also took the first x-ray photographs, but these discoveries paled in, com in comparison to his illuminating a vacuum tube wirelessly, having transmitted energy through the air. This was the beginning of Tesla's lifelong obsession, the wireless transmission of energy. In August 6th of 1890, Murderer Westinghouse is the heading. As a part of the Edison-sponsored smear campaign against Westinghouse, H.P. Brown, an Edison ally and manufacturer of electric chairs, began electrocuting animals with AC. The process was termed Westinghouse and was used to demonstrate the dangers of the new technology. That same year, the state of New York convicted William Klemmer of Kemmler 
of killing his mistress with an axe and sentenced him to die in the electric chair. Edison provided his staff to assist Brown in an effort to further damage Westinghouse's public image. The execution was a total disaster, and Westinghouse suffered a great blow. All right, also in 1890, Tesla forfeits the AC royalties. After failing to adapt to the higher frequencies Westinghouse engineers required, work on the Tesla induction is abandoned. Tesla and Westinghouse renegotiate, and Tesla agrees to remove the royalties clause from their contract. This was a fateful, a fateful decision and a sacrifice that would haunt Tesla the rest of his life. Okay, in 1890 also, Tesla opens his 5th Street Avenue lab. There are no documented reasons for Tesla's relocation of his laboratory from Grand Street to 33 to 35 South 5th Avenue, now called West Broadway. Perhaps it was more convenient location or provided more space or more energy, right? Uh, as the new laboratory took up the entire fourth floor of the six-story building, what is clear is that some of Tesla's greatest accomplishments occurred in this lab before it was destroyed by fire in 1895. So he had this lab for five years before it was destroyed by one of the great fires, if I'm not mistaken. All right, in November of 1890, uh, we, we did see that he discovered wireless power. So I think it's definitely not a coincidence that five years later, as he was growing this technology, that they were like, uh-uh, we're not, <laughs> we're not going to allow wireless and free transmission of power. This is right around the same time that these conflagrations are happening all around the country. Uh, cities are being decimated by fires and earthquakes. And um, that's very interesting. Okay, so in 1891, Tesla lectures before the uh, uh, American Institute of Electrical Engineers. Um, experiments with alternate currents of very high frequency and their application to methods of artificial illumination. So he goes to lecture about how free energy can illuminate these things. This is, uh, oddly enough, just prior to these or just after these first exhibitions. So I think he was basically explaining how these things that were already in place worked. Okay. So um, that being said, on June 21st of 1891, the Telluride power station comes online. L.L. Nunn, a Colorado lawyer and manager of the Gold King Mine, signed a contract with Westinghouse to install the Tesla AC power system. The plan was to harness a river below the mine to replace the costly coal-powered steam generators. This facility became known as the Ames Power Plant and was the first power station in the world to transmit alternating current at high voltage for power purposes for a long distance. On July 30th of 1891, Tesla gains American citizenship. Okay. Um, Tesla becomes an American citizen. He often told his friends that he valued his citizenship more than any scientific honors that he had received. Um, in 1891, August 26th, did Tesla discover electrons? One could argue that Nikola Tesla was the first to discover the electron. This is evidenced by his article reply to J.J. Thompson's note published on this date in Electrical Engineer New York. In this article, Tesla claims that his experiments prove the existence of charged particles, small charged balls. While J.J. Thompson denied this, it was only five years later that Thompson proved the existence of electrons using another experiment. 
So again, we have the usurpment of Tesla's information. In 1891, the Tesla coil is born. Maybe not the most successful of Tesla's invention, but certainly the invention he's most famous for. The Tesla coil was originally developed to power Tesla's new wireless lighting systems, but later became the basis of the ill-fated worldwide wireless system, otherwise known as Wardenclyffe. Okay, in 1892, Tesla lectures in London, February 3rd, 1892. <clears throat> Experiments with alternate currents of high potential and high frequency lecture is given before the Institution of Electrical Engineers and the following day before the Royal Institution of Great Britain, both in London, England. So he's jumping around, going back and forth. Um, he then lectures in Paris on February 19th, experiments with alternate currents of high potential and high frequency. So he's spreading his knowledge, his wealth of information all around. A lot of these lectures I'd never heard anything about before looking into this. And interestingly enough, after that lecture in Paris, Tesla's mother dies on April 4th of 1892. Tesla rushed to his mother's side as she lay dying, arriving from Paris hours before her death. Her last words to him were, You've arrived, Nietzsche, my pride. Nietzsche, sorry. Tesla's mother lied on the Easter, died on the Easter Sunday at 1 o'clock in the morning and was buried later that day beside her husband, at the cemetery in Davosola, Croatia. After her death, Tesla fell ill. He spent two to three weeks recuperating in Gospic and the village of Tomengaj near Grechak, a village in the southern part of Lika, Croatia, his mother's birthplace. Okay, so he then goes on in 1892 in May to lecture in Zagreb. Zagreb. Okay, it's the Croatian capital. And... Um, he says, as a son of my homeland, I feel it is my duty to help the city of Zagreb in every respect with my advice and work. A commemorative monument of Tesla echoes these words. On uh, June 1st of 1892, Tesla speaks in Belgrade. So th this guy was super famous, more so than they let on with, with the mainstream information, right? This guy did a world tour, basically. Um, so he, he goes to Belgrade. Uh, and apparently several thousand people greeted him at the tra train station. Uh, he addressed and, and the gathered crowd and said, there is something within me that might be illusion as it is often case with young delighted people. But if I would be fortunate to achieve some of my ideals, it would be on the behalf of the whole of humanity. If those hopes would be fulfilled, become fulfilled, the most exciting thought would be that it is a deed of a Serbian, uh, of a Serb, long-lived Serbdom. Tesla met the young Serbian king, Alexander Abrenovich, the following day. The king awarded Tesla with the Medal of St. Sava for extraordinary contribution to science the following year. In September of 1892, Tesla moves to the Hotel Gerlach. After three years in Astor House, Tesla moved to the Hotel Gerlach, which was a more modern hotel equipped with elevators, electric lights, and sumptuous dining rooms. The hotel was fireproof and was located a few blocks from the newly finished Madison Square Garden. Fireproof meaning brick. Okay, and if you've ever seen this building around the time that Tesla was in residence there, you will notice the what they call radio towers on top of this building. 
And um, the skeletal structure, based on information that I've looked at, the skeletal structure of these brick buildings contained a lot of conductive metal for very good reason. These buildings were extractors of ether, just like the cathedrals and different buildings of old. Okay, so there's a very, very good reason why all of these conflagrations, fires, earthquakes, so on and so forth, have happened around the world in every major city. This is the outright destruction of this old world technology so that others would not become like Tesla and see these things and begin to understand these things and weave them into everyday life, much to the chagrin of these elites that are in power now or these bowler hat type people. Okay, in 1892, Tesla was elected the VP of AIEE, and he was vice president for two consecutive years. So that's very interesting. In 1893, Tesla lectures in Philadelphia on light and other high-frequency phenomena. So that's pretty cool. He also, in 1893, lectures in St. Louis on the same thing. In May 1st, 1893, the Columbian Exposition. In 1892, George Westinghouse won the contract to power the Columbian Exposition. The Westinghouse Company, with Tesla's guidance, built a power system for the exposition that produced three times more energy than was being utilized by the entire remainder of Chicago. Tesla had a large display, including phosphorescent lighting, a precursor to fluorescent lamps powered by wires, powered without wires by high-frequency fields, and the Egg of Columbus. What is the Egg of Columbus? I will have to dig into that very much more later on. The success of the Tesla polyphase system installed at the exposition ensured Westinghouse would be selected to harness Niagara. So think about that. Niagara Falls wasn't being used to power this. How is it being powered? Maybe through massive AC motors much like would have been remnants of a time before. Again, that's just my opinion, but look into these things for yourself, guys. On August 25th of 1893, Tesla lectures in Chicago on mechanical and electrical oscillators. Okay, um, it's given to the International Electrical Congress at the Columbian Exposition in Chicago, Illinois. All right, so this guy, this guy is uh, Tesla. He's... He's a key factor in how all of this stuff came to be. And later in his life, he's just shoved in a corner and defamed, right? After all of these conflagrations and these cities are burned. So in, in the destruction of not only this man's reputation, but these places where he was seeking this knowledge and gaining it very rapidly, these places were destroyed. This man was destroyed. Okay, so on October 24th, the Niagara contract is awarded and uh, signifying the end of the War of the Currents. Okay, beginning of a new war maybe, right? We do see some, uh, some consistencies in, in, in that statement. Um, so ended the War of the, the Currents, but then began a new era of war that we see around the world of conflagrations of fires, of earthquakes. So something else had started. Once they found their linchpin, their means of 
control and it became common enough knowledge that they could then indoctrinate and guide people towards manufacturing and creating these devices in a very controlled way, then the war of the currents was over. They had enough quote unquote science to move forward with their, their control system. So lectures in St. Louis again, uh, in 1893, 1894, the Serbian Royal Academies voted uh, a corresponding member of the Serbian Royal Academy of Belgrade. And uh, so that's interesting. First book about Tesla is written in 1894 by Thomas uh, Comerford Martin, the editor of Electrical World and vice president of the AIEE, published the first book on Tesla's research, The Inventions, Researches, and Writings of Nikola Tesla. It is a comprehensive compilation of Tesla's work with many illustrations. And it was right after this, basically, that the Tesla kind of fell off the radar. Um, there was now indoctrinating content out there that embodied this man enough that they did not feel the need to promote him anymore. Okay. So this was like the, the highlight of his, of his life was in this Colombian exposition era. Um, after this, he does go off to, you know, Wardenclyffe and, and do some things there, but is predominantly not discussed. Okay. And, and um, this is interesting. It, um, the Fifth Avenue uh, lab burns down in 1895. Okay. A fire broke out in the basement of 3335 South Fifth Avenue, now West Broadway, and swept through the entire structure, including Tesla's laboratory, which occupied the entire fourth floor of the six-story building. All of his hundreds of invention models, plans, notes, laboratory data, tools, photographs, valued at $50,000. Of course it's valued at $50,000. That's all the man ever asked for, right? So that's very interesting. Um, were destroyed. Tesla is quoted by the New York Times as saying, I am in too much grief to talk. What can I say? Uh, keep in mind that this is a, less than a year after that book was written about him. So like I said, as soon as they had this indoctrinating information out that was substantial enough to guide people to create things for this system, they then begin the destruction of this man, this man's work. So, on April 15th of 1895, the Niagara generator is tested. 250 revolutions per minute is uh, what it ran at. So, th this thing is a massive generator in the falls. All right. Uh, Tesla has an article in Century, in April uh, 1895. Um, and this is written by the same person who wrote the book on him okay ron's gen discovers x-rays on december 28th of 1895 tesla had originally noticed that what he described as a very special radiation years earlier when he was working on his carbon button lamp he showed pictures he called shattergraphs then had performed numerous experiments with them up until the fire at his lab upon learning of Röntgen's discovery tesla wrote him and sent some pictures recovered from the fire Röntgen replied and asked Tesla how he produced them. And, and, you know, Tesla was a very open person. He more than likely conveyed how this worked to this man. And 
we hear no mention of Tesla's inventing the X-ray, do we? No. In 1895, the lab was opened on Houston Street. Um, he was allowed to use Thomas Edison's workshop at Llewellyn Park, New Jersey, but this was only a temporary solution. So, man, that's it's wild. Um, Thomas Edison's like, yeah, man, you can use my workshop where I'm sure I got some bowler hat people keeping eyes on you, right? So that being said, um, Tesla had rented a lab below Greenwich Village near Chinatown at 46 and 48 Houston Street. This building is now the home of the Soho Billiards. So apparently this is still there. This is one lab um, underground, apparently, it seems. Uh, wild stuff, wild stuff. Okay, so... In 1896, and this timeline is, is a lot more substantial than I had anticipated. Um, in 1896, Tesla tours the Niagara Powerhouse. So apparently he had invented and perfected a lot of these generators and things, but had never toured until the following year. So that's kind of interesting. You would think you would have the man in on the ground level as you were getting everything up. Um, on November 16th of 1896, Niagara powers Buffalo. Uh, so it powered New York 22 miles away. Uh, it came first to the Buffalo Railway Company. Uh, a thousand horsepower switched to the company's powerhouses at exactly midnight with the signaling of the event to the city by the firing of cannons. The blowing of steam whistles and the ringing of bells. That's pretty interesting considering in this year we also had very many destructive situations happening throughout these major northern cities. Very interesting. Um, does this firing of cannons, uh, is it meant to take away from the fact that there were maybe explosions and other things going on right around this time in other places? to give you that indoctrinatory view of what was happening could be all right um on december 17th tesla was elected honorary member of the yugoslavic Ac academy of sciences and arts in zagreb okay so moving on we are now in the year of 1897 Tesla lectures in Buffalo on electricity. So that's kind of interesting. It's just on electricity. <laughs> so it doesn't seem that he's he's trying so hard to explain uh you know what's going on here just it, that's that's amazing. Um and then he then pivots and lectures in New York on April 6th of 1897 the streams of Leonard and Rontgen and novel apparatus for their production lecture. So is this is this meaning that he's attributing certain works that he cooperated on to these gentlemen that he had helped out initially? That may very well could be. Um I think they backed him into such a corner financially that, you know, in order to keep his work going, there were lectures and things that he needed to do very similar to 
how we see people being like co-opted for TED Talks and things like this. So in 1898, Tesla lectures in Buffalo on high-frequency oscillators for electrotherapeutic and other purposes. Okay. So it's very interesting that he's getting into electrotherapy. Okay. We're just now starting to see this stuff come out into the mainstream. Sound, light, and electrical methods of therapeutic practices. So Tesla demos an automaton boat. Tesla on December 8th of 1898, Tesla publicly demonstrates his automaton technology by wirelessly controlling a model boat at the electrical exposition held at Madison Square Garden in New York City. And get this, during the height of the Spanish-American War. Hmm. Spanish-American War took over where the War of the Currents left off, right? Interesting. So, in 1899, this is when this uh, interview that... Basically, I read through the supposed interview, interview, take from it what you will, um, that I read off later on, uh, supposedly happened in this period of time. So on the way to Colorado Springs, Colorado, Te Tesla first stops in Chicago, Illinois for his teleautomatics address or demonstration before a meeting of the commercial club. And on May 17th of 1899, Tesla arrives in Colorado. To, con uh, to continue his high-voltage, high-frequency experiments that had become too large for his New York lab. He stayed at the Alta Vista in room 207. On June 15th, experiments begin in Colorado. Tesla records his initial spark length at five inches long, but very thick and noisy. <clears throat> On July 3rd of 1899, terrestrial stationary waves. Hmm, sounds a lot like standing waves. And uh, this is something that most people aren't familiar with, just being a part of wireless energy or of the ether. Tesla claimed discovery of a new geoelectrical phenomenon, which he said would allow for the transport of electricity around the world. Terrestrial stationary waves were first observed by Tesla and formed the basis for his wireless energy transfer plans and wireless communications. So these standing waves are a very real thing still to this day. Okay, a lot of people think that the ether is gone. It may very well be dampened and kept like lightning in a bottle. Uh, this is why the insulation of electrical things. Um, this is why the amperage being used is of a nature that can be harmful. To people, whereas we see all indications that in the past, electricity was free th flowing through uh, different methods using and tapping directly into this standing or stationary terrestrial wave. So, uh, in 1899, Tesla also moved to the Waldorf Astoria upon receiving a hundred thousand dollar investment from John Jacob Astor. Tesla promptly moved into the Waldorf Astoria, which Astor owned. It was at the time the world's tallest building and is described as extolling the existence of exclusiveness, cordiality, pomposity, and elegant grandiosity to the masses. So this is, uh, this is the building that I was referring to with the, the tower on the top, the radio towers, things like this, because Tesla listens to the stars. In 1899, keep in mind that this is not a period of time 
with massive amounts of communications going on around the world. A lot of things were being done through wire, <clears throat> like the telegraph and things like this. Um, so the communication happening between humans on Earth was very different than it is today, being very airborne, very emanating of static and things into the into the atmosphere, okay? So working late one night on this powerful and sensitive radio receiver, Tesla observed strange rhythmic pulses on the receiver. And, and I think, now bear with me, this is just a thought. I really do feel that the static that we receive through the television, right, is purposely being put there. Okay. Um, this static is why we're not able to pick up frequencies from beyond our realm. This is why we have these radio instruments that are stationed on earth to peer off into, into space that don't seem to, or we're not told about the pulses and the patterns that they receive. So that being said, um, he observed strange rhythmic pulses on the receiver. He concluded that there were no possible explanation other than some effort was being made to communicate with earth by creatures from another planet. Tesla reveals the discovery and is highly criticized. We see a lot of this going on today. We see a lot of people coming out with information that is suggestive of this to this day. And it's just outright denied or we get something like this. Oh yeah, look at this uh, flying thing on CNN. And that's it. We are thrown into a digital realm, digital space, all analog communication is taken from us and basically defunct now. This is for a reason. This is by design. We are all now communicating through a different dim dimension to each other. Okay? Through time and through space, for, for us to be in one location and have a Zoom call with somebody else across the country and have it happen immediately and in real time with no delay is very suggestive of tapping into other dimensions or otherworldly energies, however you want to look at it. So um, in December 1900, Tesla tra uh, travels to Washington, D.C. to confer with Rear Admiral R.B. Bradford. So um, he was going there to discuss wireless telegraphy or um, wireless communication. So pictures of, of these early times uh, of these inherited towns and cities throughout America are very suggestive that this wireless tele telegraphy was already in place. In some of these towns, there are pictures as early as like 1890s. So this is prior to this supposed implementation. And we have these towers that look like telephone poles with no wires. These are signal repeaters. Okay. So um, in 1900, current around the globe. In his My, Invention, My Invention's autobiography, Tesla states, when in 1900 I obtained powerful discharges of 100 feet in the Colorado Springs Laboratory and flashed a current around the globe, I was reminded of the first tiny spark I observed in my Grand Street Laboratory and was thrilled by sensations akin to those I felt when I discovered rotating magnetic field. In 1896, Tesla was issued a patent for a corona discharge ozone generator using charged metal plates to act on ambient air. He formed the Tesla Ozone Company and went into production of these units. 
His customers were nat naturopaths and allopaths who welcomed this powerful therapy into their practices. Breathing of ozone bubbled through olive oil and other oils was widely practiced at the time, and the Sears catalog of 1904 offered a unit for this purpose using eucalyptus, pine, and spearmint oils. Tesla produced a gel made by bubbling ozone through olive oil until it solidified and sold it to doctors. So they knew so very much in the early 1900s. And, and it's just, it's amazing, okay? Now, here's here's something that, that happens to all big inventors. Everybody who has something for the betterment of man winds up getting in this situation here. In 1901, Tesla partners with J.P. Morgan. Tesla signs over 51% interest in his patents and inventions, including future ones relating to both electric lighting and wireless telegraphy or telephony for a mere $150,000. So they kept this guy on the ropes, just on the ropes financially, until he had built up enough information. They tried to destroy it once, but he continued. He wasn't disheartened. Maybe he was distraught for a while, and that sucks. Uh, but he wasn't disheartened. He continued with his work. So at some point, when they're done beating you down, they buy you. That's just how it works. Okay, on December 6, 1901, Tesla rival Guglielmo Marconi succeeds in sending the first radio transmission across the Atlantic Ocean. The Morse code signal for the letter S traveled more than 2,000 miles from Poldew in Cornwall, England to Newfoundland, Canada. So, uh, on December 11th of 1901, tower construction begins. Construction finally begins for Tesla's most ambitious project, the worldwide wireless system known as Wardenclyffe Tower. What is it about Wardenclyffe Tower that speaks to me? Is the dome at the top. We see this structure this dome, metaled skeleton structure within old world buildings. We see it in cathedrals. We see it in old Romanesque type infrastructure with the gold domes or the copper domes. Okay. Now, when you go inside of these places, you do not see the infrastructure that was once there. The ether generators with mercury motors. And things like this. Okay. This was um, all cleared out and replaced with gilded wood and pomp and uh, just ridiculousness is a way that uh, Victor Hugo puts it. And so that's very interesting um, that, that we see in this structure a mirror. In this Wardenclyffe Tower, we see a mirror of the cathedrals of old, of the temples of old. Okay, so that's that's very interesting in itself. Something to, to keep you know an open mind about. Now, in 1903, Wardenclyffe testing begins. The New York Sun reported the strange goings on at Tesla's transmitter. It stated all sorts of lightning were flashed from the tall tower and poles, and the air was filled with blinding streaks of electricity, which seemed to shoot off into the darkness on some mysterious errand. In 1904, the Colorado Springs lab is then torn down. Wow. Colorado Springs Power Company sued Tesla for electricity used at that experimental station. Tesla's Colorado laboratory is torn down and sold for lumber to pay for the $180 judgment. 
his electrical equipment is put into storage. So within five years of buying this man out, they stomped him into the ground, and that was it. Um, they they charge, were charging him. You know how they are about charging for electricity if you have to pay a power bill at home. You see this. This is ridiculous, right? Especially when the sun comes up every day and transmit electricity down to us, period. Okay? And, and yeah, it's just mind-boggling how this all came into play. And, and it all came into play on the backs of bankers like J.P. Morgan um, and these shock troopers um, of, of these bankers, right? The, oh, the tycoons, right? The tycoons of the age. So we see a lot of that. So that's crazy. They, they, they sold the lumber of his, of his building. Here's the interesting thing about that. This building was made primarily of lumber and of, of metals. Okay. A lot of copper, a lot of lumber. And this place never burned down. So it's very interesting to me that we have the outright decimation of brick laden steel cord or skeletal structures being turned to dust in cities around the globe. Very interesting. All right. In uh, 1906, Stanford White was murdered June 26th. Because of his involvement with in a love triangle, White was shot and killed while attending the opening of Madison Square Garden's roof show in the building he had designed, leaving Wardenclyffe as his final creation. On July 10th, 1906, the Tesla turbine was made public. So again, this is after he's bought out. After he's bought out, then they go about putting these things into play. An article published on his 50th birthday, Tesla announced his bladeless turbine to the world. That's interesting. A bladeless turbine? Hmm. The invention was based on adhesion and viscosity, two fundamental properties of all fluids. Very, very interesting. And there's something more to this than meets the eye. Wardenclyffe workers are laid off in 1906. Tesla made great efforts to obtain funding for the Wardenclyffe project after J.P. Morgan withdrew his support but was unsuccessful. Unable to pay his employees, he was forced to lay them off and construction of the tower ceases. So that's very interesting. First, they wipe out his Colorado Springs lab. And then they stop his funding. Uh, J.P. Morgan withdraws his support. He sees that he's making ground. Okay. All right. So uh, in 1906, Tesla was contracted by Waltham Watch Company to build the world's first and only air friction speedometer, which he also patented. It was used in Packard, Lincoln, and Pierce Arrow luxury cars. So that's, that's interesting in its own right. We'll, we'll move on from here. On, in 1907, a 25 million horsepower magnifier. Uh, in an article entitled Tesla's Tidal Wave to Make War Impossible from English Mechanic and World of Science, Tesla states that his magnifying transmitter has obtained rates of 25 million horsepower. Magnifying transmitter. Wild. The New York Academy of Sciences on May 27th of 1907. It had just been over 10 years since Tesla lectured on x-rays before the New York Academy of Sciences when they elected him as an active member. 
And again, in 1907, the office at 165 Broadway. Eager to locate alternate funding for the Wardenclyffe project, Tesla opens an office at 165 Broadway, which is now one Liberty Plaza, and begins work on other inventions, such as propulsion systems and the vertical takeoff and landing aircraft. Why is this important? Because we see modifications of this work come into play with the Glocke, the German Bell, uh, not 25 years later. 30 years later, okay? So all of these inventions that we're not told about, like the German Bell, are on the backs of Tesla's work, okay? So this is very important. Um, and going on to 1909, Marconi wins the Nobel Prize for radio. Of course he does, right? Recognition cannot be given to the man who deserves it ever in this world. It's always given to a pawn of the system. That's how it works. This is how they sell their goods. They show you that the only way to win is to play ball. Okay, so a 1909 Nobel Prize for Physics is shared between Guglielmo Marconi and Carl Ferdinand Braun in recognition of their contributions to the development of wireless telegraphy. Tesla is furious and intensifies its long battle to correct the injustice. Wow. So, you know, uh, it, when you look into this, um, this reading of this interview that I'll have uh, after this particular segment, um, just keep in mind that although this may not be words directly from Tesla's mouth, it may be taken from conversations that may have actually been had um, and then modified by people in the future to, to basically show a point, okay, that we are all energy, that we are all one. And that, yes, while we are part of this control system, it's not something that we should give into completely. We should still work on ourselves spiritually, energetically, uh, in order to, at some way, in some point, become one with the universe again. Whether that means we pass on and turn to light once more, which we do, or whether that means something very tangible and physical in this world remains yet to be seen. Um, but in November 1910, the office at, Met at the Metropolitan Tower, um, Tesla relocates his office to this 48-story Metropolitan Tower, which was the world's tallest building at the time. And if I'm not mistaken, this is going to be the one that he uh, winds up dying in. Um, or, or I'm not 100% sure. Let's just keep going through the, through the timeline. Um, so yes, uh, Mark Twain dies that same year. Died as a heart at a heart attack of a heart attack in Reading, Connecticut, one day after Halley's Comet's closest approach to Earth. That's very interesting. Years later, Tesla, near his own death, would attempt to send money to Twain by messenger. So in 1910, Mark Twain died. Very interesting. In 1911, over a period of several months, Tesla tests numerous models of steam turbines at the waterside station of the New York Edison Company. When interviewed about the test, Tesla stated, in one of them, the discs are only nine inches in diameter with, and the whole working part is two inches thick. With steam as the propulsive fluid, it develops 110 horsepower and can do twice as much. <laughs> so he's then locked into the systems that these people have built out of his work. Um, so that's, that's very interesting that now he's, he's playing with steam as opposed to 
you know, ramped up ethereal energies and things like that. Now he's working on the systems that basically have enslaved him. So that's unfortunate. Okay, so... Here we go. In April 14th, John Jacob uh, of 1912, John Jacob Astor dies. Um, as he understood his $100,000 investment in 1899 was to develop and produce a new lighting system, Tesla instead used the money to fund his Colorado Springs experiments. And uh, Mr. Astor was unhappy with that. They later reconciled and worked together on aircraft and propulsion systems in 1908. Unfortunately, Mr. Astor and his wife were aboard the Titanic, which began to sink after colliding with an iceberg. Mr. Astor was able to help his wife into a lifeboat, lifeboat, but was unable to join her. His body was found a few days later and buried. Huh. This sounds very reminiscent of the story that we were shown in Titanic. It's kind of a slap in the face, if you ask me. In 1912, Westinghouse Church Care and Company removed the machinery from the building uh, and repossessed the tower equipment as part of their judgment of $23,500. That's also very interesting because these are all the same people that promised Tesla uh, compensation. <laughs> and now here they are to take it back. Um, yep, so that's 1912. Let's go on to 1914. In 1914, Westinghouse dies. He dies in New York City at age 67. As a Civil War veteran, he was buried in Section 2 of the Arlington National Cemetery, along with his wife, Marguerite, who survived him by three months, later to be called the Perfect Partnership. There is little doubt about the impact Westinghouse and Tesla had upon the world. In 1914, Tesla moves his office to the Metropolitan Tower, from the Metropolitan Tower to the Woolworth Building, then the world's tallest building, but fell behind in rent after only a few months and was forced to leave. In 1950, 15, um, the New York Times, followed by other prominent news sources, carried a story based on Reuters dispatch from London stating that Tesla and Edison were to share the Nobel Prize in physics. A few days later... <laughs> A few days later, the Nobel Committee announced that the prize for physics would, in fact, be shared by Professor William Henry Bragg of the University of Leeds, England, and his son. The committee did not deny that Tesla and Edison were the first choices, but never made public the true reason for the change. So uh, some do speculate that either Tesla or Edison both refused to share the prize with one another. All right. In 1915... Tesla relocates his office to 8 West 40th Street, which was directly across the street from Bryant Park and his beloved Pigeons. On 1915 also, Warncliffe Deed surrendered. In order to keep a roof over his head, Tesla had been given had given two mortgages on Wardencliffe to George C. Bolt, a proprietor of Warden Wardolf, Waldorf Astoria, pardon me, to secure payment of hotel bills amounting to almost $19,000. Tesla requested that they not be recorded fearing that all his projects would be destroyed if the matter became public. He was unable to make any payments at all and was forced to sign the deed over to Waldorf Astoria, Inc. through a silent intermediary. In 1916, Tesla declares bankruptcy. 
Even though Tesla had some minor successes, he continued to fall deeper and deeper into debt, primarily due to his high overhead. And this man's overhead is, is energy. Okay. Um, think about the voltages, the frequencies, everything that this man is, is engaged with. Um, and think about, imagine you running just your house at home with just your basic stuff. How much that costs every month? Imagine this man's bills, right? Under oath before Justice Finch, Tesla revealed that he was essentially penniless and owned no real assets. New York World ran an embarrassing article exposing Tesla's financial crisis. So here in comes the shaming, right? They built him up, they tore him down, and now the shaming. This is a ritual practice that we see basically cast upon every person in the world who sets out to make a difference, okay? Um, so keep that in mind. Now, 1917, Te Tesla receives the Edison Medal. <laughs> wow, what another slap in the face. <clears throat> Originally rejecting the offer of the AIEE's highest award, Tesla reconsiders and accepts after being encouraged by Bernard Barron. During the, the introduction, Tesla disappears and is found later at the library feeding his beloved pigeons. He is persuaded to return and gives his acceptance speech. So he didn't want to receive this medal. Odds are it probably came with some kind of a reward. Um, and uh, in 1917, on July 4th, odd timing, right? Reported in the media as being suspected of being used by German spies. The tower was actually ordered to be destroyed to cover debts incurred by Tesla at the Waldorf Astoria, where he lived for almost 20 years. Think about all that copper in that Warren Cliff Tower, right? They just came to swoop on all his goods. That's all that was. In um, 1917, Tesla moves to Chicago. Tesla contracts with Pile National on the perfection of his turbines, and he moves into the Blackstone Hotel, where he stays for the next 16 months. There it is. The Blackstone Hotel. That should tell you everything you need to know. If you're up on anything at all in this world right now, you would understand what BlackRock is, and what they own, what they are the proprietors of in this world. If you don't know, go take a look into it. Maybe I'll do some form of research and bring that to you folks in the future. But... He moves to Chicago in 1917 and uh, then is put up in this. Uh, upon returning from Chicago, uh, he moves into the Hotel St. Regis, one of New York City's most exclusive hotels. Tesla stayed in room number 1607. Why is this relevant? Um, this is this is where he, he winds up dying. And... If I'm not mistaken, again, I I've only read through this stuff maybe once or twice. So bear with me as we get through it. Now, upon returning from Chicago, Tesla, Tesla moved into the hotel St. Regis, one of New York's most exclusive hotels. Now in order to move into one of these exclusive hotels with no financial backing, remember this, this man has very little, he has his contracts for his turbines and things, which are mechanisms of the control system that he is forced to work with and to work for in order to just exist. So they put him up in, in the most exclusive hotel, right? And this is all in an effort to shame this man, to keep him out of public scrutiny, right? 
Because if he's just living in a normal neighborhood with normal people, not only would he not have access to the electrical power, the radio towers, the things that he needs and wants in order to perform his experiments and things, because this man doesn't quit. These people in power know that he will not stop learning. He will not stop exploring. So they set him up to be able to do that, but keep him out of sight and out of mind. And this is why pretty much nobody like talks to him. He goes down to the park, feeds his pigeons, has his pigeon coop on the roof of this hotel. And um, so, yeah, um, in February 1919, Electrical Experimenter magazine began a series of articles entitled My Inventions by Tesla. An illustration of Tesla was also featured on the cover of the issue with the initial article. To pursue persuade the great Tesla to write his own autobiography was no small feat. And editor Hugo Gernsback considered it one of his greatest journalistic achievements. The articles were later converted into the book with the same title. So, 1922, Tesla's favorite pigeon dies. Tesla had many pigeons he fed and cared for, but one he was particularly fond of. He, he described it as being a beautiful female bird, pure white with light gray tips on its wings. One night, the blue bird flew into Tesla's room at Hotel St. Regis, and he perceived that she was trying to tell him that she was dying. Tesla said a light came from her eyes more intense than he had ever produced by the most powerful lamps in his laboratory. The bird di then died, and Tesla said that at that same moment, something went out in his life, and he knew his life's work was finished. In 1923, I, I was mistaken. In 1923, Tesla moves to Hotel Marguerite. Tesla was being charged $15 a day in rent, an exorbitant amount for the time, while staying at the St. Regis. So there's still this, this setup happening. Apparently, Tesla is not super crazy well-versed in finances, and this is where the manipulation comes in, as it does for a lot of us. Okay? Um so after not paying anything towards the balance of over $3,000 he ran up over a seven-month period, he was forced to leave. Always seeking lavishness, Tesla moved to the luxurious Hotel Marguerite on the west side of Park Avenue between 47th and 48th. And I don't think that he was necessarily seeking, necessarily seeking lavishness as he was seeking an opportunity to use the power these places had uh, you know, built into them, basically. Um, the mechanisms that were found in the roofs of these buildings, these radio stations and towers, there's a lot we are not told about this man. Keep that in mind. He was most likely not seeking lavishness. If you've seen the pictures of his, um, where this room where in which he died or spent a lot of time, it's not a very large room. These hotel rooms were not very large. Okay. They weren't the most lavish places. Um, these were for common people. We, we know where the elites and the incredibly lavish spend their time, right? Um, Tesla was renting a normal room, not a penthouse, right? So they were, they were keeping him quiet is what they were doing. They were keeping him subdued through bills, through scandals, through publication of Scandals having to do with his finances. They do this to people currently. So why wouldn't they do that then? Okay. 
1924, the, the Hotel St. Regis sues. Like I said, a sheriff's deputy was sent to Tesla's office at 8 West 40th Street to seize furnishings in order to satisfy the debt. Tesla managed to persuade the officer to grant him an extension. In 1924, Tesla meets Mistrovich. Ivan Mestrovich, an internationally renowned Croatian sculptor, sculptor, visits New York City where he meets Tesla. They became good friends and admirers of each other and later exchanged numerous letters. Okay, in uh, 1925, Tesla moves into the Hotel Penn. Uh, Tesla, for unknown reasons, Tesla rents another room at the Hotel Pennsylvania and makes it his primary residence while continuing to rent the room at the Hotel Marguerite. Keep in mind that these hotels, most of them had radio towers on the top. So there are reasons that we are not told that he was spending his time in these hotels and the lavish nature most likely wasn't a part of it. This man spent a lot of his time alone and isolated. In 1925, Catherine McMahon Johnson was, according to some accounts, the only woman Tesla ever loved. She was the wife of Tesla's lifelong friend, Robert Underwood Johnson. Though the two often exchanged flirtatious letters, their relationship was totally platonic. Not forgetting Tesla, even at death, she charged Robert to keep in close touch with him always. In 1925, Tesla re relocates his office from 8 West 40th Street to 350 Madison Avenue, um, by 1928, maintaining an office had become too burdensome, burdensome, and it was closed for good. And so, yes, I was mistaken with this whole uh, situation with the hotels as far as him dying and any of those that I had previously mentioned. So please bear with me. I'm learning as well as you are at this point. In uh, June 15, 1926, Tesla received a diploma of honorary doctorate from the Faculty of Engineering University of Belgrade. June 29th, 1926, Tesla receives a Diploma of Honorary Doctorate from the University of Zagreb. And in 1926, Tesla meets his nephew. Sava Kasanovic was the son of Marika, Marika Kasanovic, Tesla's younger sister. Mr. Kasanovic was also a diplomat carrying the title of Ambassador of the Federal People's Republic of Yugoslavia. During his visit to New York City, he met Tesla for the first time. Mr. Kasanovich would later play an important role in Tesla's life. So in 1930, Tesla moves to Gov Clinton. Tesla was asked to leave the Hotel Pennsylvania after residents complained about the droppings from his flying rats. And because he was $2,000 behind on his rent, Tesla's friend and admirer, B.A. Barron, helped with the debt and Tesla relocates to the Hotel Governor Clinton. In 1931, uh, July 10th, Tesla turned 75. He, revert, he receives many congratulato congratulatory letters from prominent scientists, including Albert Einstein. Tesla's Time Magazine cover comes out on July 20th, 1931, honored the great inventor by placing his portrait on the cover of Time Magazine. <coughs> Excuse me. And on October 18th of 1931, Edison dies at 84. Tesla's most prominent adversary, Thomas Alva Edison, dies in his home, Glenmont, in Lewin Park in West Orange, New Jersey, at the age of 84. And in 1934, Tesla moves to the New Yorker. Okay, January 2nd, 1934, a settlement was reached with the Westinghouse Corporation that provided Tesla with a consulting rate of $125 a month. 
along with the agreement to pay his monthly rent and expenses. Upon signing the agreement, Tesla promptly moved into the Hotel New Yorker where he'd live rent-free for the rest of his days. The debt owed to Hotel Governor Clinton was never paid. So here, here we are again. Um, obviously, the Westinghouse Corporation was um, taken over after Westinghouse passed away. So they saw the value in, in, in putting up Tesla. They saw the value in keeping him happy and keeping him productive for the rest of his years. And once Edison died, then there was less of a um, less of a mission to to hurt this man. Edison really did not like uh, Tesla. They they were so at odds, um, kindred spirits in a sense, but opposing also. So very interesting that right after, uh, you know, right after that happened, uh, right after um, ah, Edison dies. Then Tesla is, is moved into the New Yorker, is allowed to continue. Things go on. Progress is made. It's, it's amazing that that's the case. Okay. So in March 1934, uh, there's an article by Tesla called Possibilities of Electrostatic Generators is published in Scientific American, which features Colossus, a 2 million volt Van de Graaff generator, which is now on display at the Boston Museum of Science. Now, on June 29th, 1934, keep in mind, this is all after Edison's death. He's awarded the John Scott Medal. The city of Philadelphia awarded Nikola Tesla with the John Scott Medal for the invention of the rotating magnetic field and induction metal, um, induction motor. Sorry. On July 11th of 1934, the headline on the front page of the New York Times read, Tesla at 78 bears new death beam. The article reported that the new invention will send concentrated beams of particles through the free air of such tremendous energy that they will bring down a fleet of 10,000 enemy airplanes at a distance of 250 miles. Tesla stated that the death beam would make war impossible by offering every country an invisible Chinese wall. Very interesting. Moving on to 1935. In Liberty Magazine, an article called A Machine to End War by G.S. Varick, a friend of Tesla's and a Nazi spokesperson, reported that reported on what Tesla believed the world would be like in the years 2035 and 2100. I'm looking forward to looking into that and finding out what exactly that looks like. Could it be it looks like the world that we're stepping into? In 1937, the doctorate University of Poitiers um, certificate of honorary doctorate from the university was offered or was given to Tesla. In 1938, he received the immigrant welfare honor. In response to an honor honorary citation, a speech delivered in absentia due to illness is given before the meeting of the Institute of Immigrant Welfare, Biltmore Hotel, New York. In 1942, there's a visit from King Peter II. In his diaries of King's Heritage, the young Peter II writes, I visited Dr. Nikola Tesla in his apartment in the Hotel New Yorker. After I had greeted him, the aged scientist said, It is my greatest honor. I am glad you are in your youth, and I am content that you will be a great ruler. I believe I will live until you come back to a free Yugoslavia. From your father you have received his last words. Guard Yugoslavia. I am proud to be a Serbian and a Yugoslav. Our people cannot perish. Preserve the unity of all Yugoslavs, the Serbs, the Croats, and the Slovenes. And in 1943, Tesla dies at age 86. 
Tesla died quietly and alone in room 3327 on the 33rd floor of the Hotel New Yorker in New York City, and this is on January 7th of 1943. The coroner would later estimate the time of death at 2230 hours Eastern Standard Time. Tesla was 86 years old. On January 8, 1943, a maid finds Tesla dead. Tesla had placed a Do Not Disturb sign on his door on January 5, 1943. Ignoring the sign, the maid entered the room to find Tesla dead in his bed. Assistant Medical Examiner H.W. Wembley was called to the scene after examination of the body, gave his opinion that the cause of death had been coronary thrombosis and that there had been no suspicious circumstances. Hmm. Thrombosis. Sounds familiar with some things going on now. Tesla's body was taken to the Frankie Campbell Funeral Home on Madison Avenue and 81st Street. A, sculpture was com a sculptor was commissioned by Hugo Gernsback, a longtime friend and supporter of Tesla, to create a death mask, which is now on display at the Nikola Tesla Museum. <clears throat> on January 9th, 1943, after learning of Tesla's death, the FBI ordered the U.S. Office of Alien Property, the U.S. Office of Alien Property, to seize all of Tesla's belongings. Tesla's entire upstate, entire upstate, estate, sorry, from the Hotel New Yorker and other New York City hotels was transported to the Manhattan Storage and Warehouse Company under OAP seal. Dr. John G. Trump an electrical engineer with the National Defense Research Committee of the Office of Scientific Research and Development was called in to analyze the Tesla items in OAP study. If I'm not mistaken, this is the affiliation that became DARPA and became these other agencies, no, no such agency, so on and so forth. Okay, this is... The originator of that, right? Prior to the end of World War II, right at the end of World War II. It's very interesting that this is the period which in which with Tesla dies. Right around the same time that Operation Paperclip is bringing people into this country, Tesla dies. So that's very interesting in itself. On January 10th of 1943, a eulogy is read by the New York City Mayor, uh, Fiorello LaGuardia, leads a moving eulogy written by Croatian author Luis Akademic. Akademic. Luis Akademic. Live over the WNYC radio. From the background was coming sounds of Ave Maria and Tamo Deleko. Songs played on violin, spreading notes over the air. The violin player Zlatko Bolokovic, 1895-1965, paid tribute to his friend Tesla. On January 12, 1943, Tesla's funeral service. Uh, Tesla was accorded a state funeral at the Episcopal Th Cathedral of St. John the Divine at West 112th Street in New York City. The Cathedral of St. John's is the largest Gothic cathedral in the world, accommodated the more than 2,000 who attended. The funeral service was opened by Episcopal Bishop William T. Manning and concluded by the Venerable Reverend Dushan J. Shukludovic, rector of the Serbian Orthodox Church of St. Sava. After the funeral, Tesla's body was taken to the Ferncliff Cemetery in Ardsley, New York, where it was later cremated. On January 13, 1943, a second service was conducted in Serbia 
in Serbian by prominent priests in the St. Sava Serbian Orthodox Cathedral at 1315, 13-15 West 25th Street in New York City. On June 21st of 1943, the Supreme Court reverses itself, basing their decisions on Tesla's lectures of 1893, which were widely published in translation. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled in favor of Tesla as the father of radio in 1943, only a few months after Tesla's death. The father of radio. Why is it that Marconi is still claimed to be this? Huh, very interesting. And this is the Supreme Court of the U.S. overturning this ruling. Some have speculated that the court reversed the decision merely to avoid having to pay any royalties to the Marconi Corporation, which was suing the U.S. government for patents used during World War I. That makes sense, 100%. Okay, um, on September 25th of 1943, the Liberty ship SS Nikola Tesla was christened on this day. Very interesting. Also in 1943, the military division Nikola Tesla. Croatian military division Nikola Tesla is formed. It fought in Lika, Dalmatia, Bosnia, Montenegro, Sanzik, Serbia, Srimia, and Slavonia. The division distinguished itself in the liberation of Lika in March to May of 1943 as part of the Dvar and Belgrade operations. It became proletarian on March 19, 1944 by decree of Supreme Headquarters and was praised several times by the Supreme Commander. All right, so in 1944, The Prodigal Genius is published. The first quote-unquote true glimpse into Tesla's life came to us, to most of us, through this book. Although there are many known errors, mistakes, etc., the book portrays Tesla very accurately. Author John J. O'Neill originally met Tesla as a boy and knew him for many years. Tesla is quoted as saying, John O'Neill understands me better than any man alive. Hmm. It's very interesting that this supposed 1899 interview uh, is attributed to a John Smith. Now, could this interview have been taken from some of these John O'Neill notes? Possibly. Okay, and they knew each other up until his death. So... There's reason to believe that the supposed 1899 writing of this interview may have been wrong. It may have been very much more recently than that. Just a thought, of course. So, in 1945, just after World War II, U.S. Air Force Project Nick, there was a renewed interest in beam weapons. Copies of Tesla's papers on particle beam weaponry were sent to Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. And if you know anything about Patterson Air Force Base, this is also where these flying disks uh, that were in Roswell were taken. Hmm, interesting coincidence? I think not. An operation codenamed Project Nick was heavily funded and placed under the command of Brigadier General L.C. Craigie to test the feasibility of Tesla's concept. Details of the experiments were never published, and the project was apparently discontinued. Uh, apparently. But something peculiar happened. The copies of Tesla's papers disappeared, and no one knows what happened to them. And on June 29, 1952, sculpture was unveiled in Vienna uh, by renowned Croatian sculptor Ivan Mestrovic, who became a close friend of Tesla. Tesla later asked Mestrovic to create a sculpture of him, and Mestrovic agreed, and initially two bronze busts were created. The second was given to the Tesla Museum in Belgrade, the first um, unveiled by his nephew Sava at the Technical Museum 
in Vienna. <laughs> Very interesting. October 22nd, 1952, a minor planet, number 2244, was discovered and named after Tesla by N.B. Prudich in Belgrade. So he had a planet named after him. In 1952, Tesla State was sent to Belgrade. After constant pressure from Sava Kasanovic, Tesla's nephew, arrangements were made finally made by Tesla's entire state to be shipped to Belgrade. The contents included original papers, thousands of letters, photographs, and most of Tesla's inventions, including the remote-controlled boat, wireless fluorescent lamps, motors, turbines, etc. The estate was shipped in 80 trunks marked NT. <laughs> Very interesting. In 1955, the museum opened in Belgrade, October 20th of 1955. Uh, this museum preserves around 160,000 original documents and around 5,700 other items. The persons most responsible for establishing the museum was Tesla's nephew, Sava Kosanovic, who was also a diplomat and lobbied to obtain Tesla's estate after his death. So there we have it. There we have the timeline of Tesla. And I know it's a lot. And man, there's a lot of information in there that is incredibly thought-provoking. And I hope that you find that as insightful as I did. And have yourselves a great day. Stay tuned for part two of this episode, which is the read-through of the so-called interview with Tesla. Thanks for listening to Red Thread Podcast. And y'all have a, a great and blessed day. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Red Thread Podcast. If you'd like to communicate with me, you can reach me on Instagram at randomfracts. You can now find video companions to episodes that require a visual uh, companion on Odyssey at Red Thread Podcast. And so if you have any stories that you'd like to tell, any experiences you'd like to share, any questions you'd like to ask of the universe, you know, in order to receive that information by putting yourself out there, feel free and let me know. I'm always open to having conversation with anybody who has a conversation to have. Perspectives are very important. And so hopefully, you know, I can assist this world in uh, learning to accept people's perspectives instead of fighting about them, right? So. I uh, just want to extend that invitation to you all. And thank you again for tuning in. Have a great day.